Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Get ready. Here we go. Sean, welcome welcome to the Boiling Point Podcast, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, for asking me to join. <laughs> so uh, just going back just a little bit, uh, it was just last week, Sean, I think I sent you an email congratulating you on your uh, on your contestantship on uh, Canada's Amazing Race, which is yep. super cool. Uh, <laughs> you know what that is, Yeah, eh, I do. I want to hear more. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, this is like, relative, I mean, I, I, I saw some reference to it, but I, I guess I didn't quite make the connection. So. Do, do you watch the show, dude? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So as you can imagine, like that's a, a massive undertaking to the point where I actually applied for it two years ago. And I was thinking, yeah. if I do that, I mean, I'm going to be on the road, like adventuring, like sounds awesome. But like, how do you balance that? You know, that's the first thing that went through my head, Sean, when I, when I, when I found out that you were doing it, I was like, he's running this agency, he's playing music, he's like, living life to the absolute maximum and he still <laughs> has time to, to become part of the amazing race. So, so, uh, that's when I sent Sean a quick email say, Hey, do you want to be on our, on our podcast? Dave, why don't you give Sean a little background on what our, what the boiling point is? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> We're very um, astute. Um, I mean, we've been doing this for for months and months and months, right? Many months, uh, yeah. Podcasters, we're I, we're just getting we're just getting rolling, Sean. We've been we got the boiling point. It's an extension of some of the stuff we're already doing. Uh, Greg's awesome filmmaking, as you know, and some of the fabulous people he's meeting. I'm I'm running around in the coaching world. I, um, I've got a business called Vision Coaching. We coach some interesting leaders. I also got a business column in the Telegraph Journal where I get to interview what I think are just fabulous people. And and I think the common, what we found is that we get to learn a lot through the filmmaking experience, the interviewing experience, the coaching experience. And and this is an extension of that, the Bowling Point yeah. podcast. Yeah. So we've been we've been we we started with no name and and um, we slowly acquired a name uh, mainly because uh, our interviews would last till the the point where we were perspiring profusely because it's a very small voiceover booth <laughs> with no ventilation right so so that's so it became the boiling point and, and it's actually seemed to struck a bit of a chord and, and it's and funny it's funny because it. it, initially we were calling it the hot box yeah. and it just didn't, it didn't work it, it, no, that's everybody funny. was like don't call it that this is a business podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway the boiling point so here we are so sean why don't you why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh love to hear how you how you uh went through the adventure of you know, working for Extreme and then eventually owning it and, and running this uh, incredible company. Uh, give us a, qu- a quick little bio about you. Oh, God, I'll try to do it quickly. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the Coles Notes version of it was I found myself, you know, in an agency uh, right out of school. I, I went and took uh, graphic design. I guess they called it communication arts back then. Uh, I got a job at an agency and I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy I think that it doesn't matter what what job you give me like if if you told me to okay your job is to take out the trash well I would be I would be compelled to want to do that better than anyone else that had that job before me and um that was kind of what happened with me at the agency I I started off as a designer production artist 
moved in, uh, moved up to an art director job, uh, senior art director, became the creative director of Extreme Group. I guess it was 12 years ago. And like like anybody who gets into a senior level management role, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, so again, I, I just tried to do everything I could to prove that I should be there. Um, uh, it, it apparently worked because I, I ended up becoming vice president and ultimately partner in the agency and, and now president and chief creative officer. That it, you know, it took a long time. Um, but that, uh, that, I guess that, that whole idea of, you know, if I'm in a position, just the need to prove that I should be there is kind of the, the thing that, that has worked for me. Um, what was the second part of that question? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, yeah, it's it's just the the adventure of you going, you know, you know, coming right out of school, working an agency to a point where now you're you're running the show, and you're not only just running a business, you're running an incredibly creative business, which for yeah. creative types like you are, like myself and Dave, I mean, it's the you're living the dream, man. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's got. Uh, I've got this funny thing with me where I've I've got a, a, a one side of my mind that's obviously very creative, and then another side of my mind that's very process driven, and 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 so it actually lends itself really well to to the role that I'm in now because I can instill process and I can instill a lot of things that I believe are required for for creativity but then still have the ability to loosen loosen things up in the right places so that the creativity comes through it's it's been an interesting challenge but you know with all this kind of stuff i think you learn a lot about yourself and it, and, and it, it, i've learned a lot about myself in the last few years particularly <clears throat> and so well actually i just you've you've, you've launched a question in my brain about this whole um you know get, getting to that place where you're you're actually sounds like running the company or um and and have clearly proven yourself and this combination of uh creativity and being process driven that kind of reminds me of the right and left brain you know and and dan yeah. Pink one wrote a wonderful book called a whole new mind that where we got it we have to have the creative side but yeah. we also have to have the the process side and and we can't be too heavily weighted on one or the other um yeah so it sounds like that's actually serving you very well yeah, you know, it, it's. I think it's completely true. I, I think um, you know, it's one part art, one part science, and and you need both. And I don't. Uh, I know for me that when I um, when I sort of accepted that, yeah. <laughs> that then it became um, how to use it, and 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 now it's how do how do I get um, how do I try to inspire that that attitude in everybody else, right? So it, and when you. Um what, if you were to have a tendency on one side or the other, uh, do, you know, would, would you be more the creative? Would you be more the process-driven person? Or have you just learned that, you know, it's just I, I'm one of those people that came at it from both sides? It just it d- depends on the task. It, it literally depends on what what you know, side of the brain is being called for when, when, you know, I can think back to having to develop a creative process or procedures for the agency. When we grew, like when I started at the agency, I think I was the, I might've been the 15th hire, um, you know, it was very, very small. We didn't have a creative department per se. We didn't have any process. Um, so it, it was my job to do that. So I, whenever that's called for, I guess I just always fell into that role of, okay, now I got to use the, the logical side of my brain. Um, and, and now it's time to loosen up and, and, and see what happens if I use the creative side. And I just sort of tap into them 
uh, very quickly and back and forth quite a bit. Oh, very cool. Well, that's you know, that's not natural to everyone. I'll, t- I'll tell you. I can. I, I'd like to share just a very quick story, and then I want to ask. I want to ask a little bit about Extreme, and I'd love for you to tell us. Uh, more about you know what you guys do and and the scope and the breadth and that sort of thing, but the the quick story yeah. about left and right brain. Um, this is I mean I'll, I'll never forget this. I was I was um, teaching a, a part of an MBA course at University of New Brunswick, and on the one piece I was talking about left and right brain, and I had this little assessment, and this it was a smaller group. There was I don't know I'm going to say there was thirty people maybe right, and they were all yeah. sitting on the bottom level of this lecture theater right or the first two levels. And so they did this. Um, they did this short assessment. It wasn't very scientific, I don't think, but it kind of helped you determine what's your tendency. And and literally, this is not a word of a lie. The group that w- and I said, okay, so who who has a tendency more to the right side? And this one half of the group put up their hand that was sitting on the right side of the of this. Oh, the, no kidding. This is not a word. Of a lie. <laughs> who was left? The other group, like in down the line. What? And the extreme. It was unbelievable. Crazy. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, anyways, that's about left and right brain. So, the meaning that some of us are very extreme on one and the other. Not everyone has that combination, Sean. That's very cool. So, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like I'm dominating this, but well, tell me about. Um, tell. I'd love to learn more about extreme. Like, you know, what you guys do, um, who you are, where you show yeah. up, how so, do people so connect with you? Some of the cool clients, yeah. brand, brands you guys are working with. Exactly. <clears throat> Well, how to describe your agency, I think, is the is the number one, uh, I don't know, it's like one of the most difficult things because you try to describe yourself and you want to describe it different than everyone else. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to do that. I'll just, I'll just sort of tell you what, what we do. We're a creative agency and, and, and I guess our goal is to solve, solve business problems using creativity. Um, uh, that sounds like it's been rehearsed, but it's kind of just what we say internally. Our uh, our uh, internal mantra is that anything is possible, and the the reason we have that belief is because I look at this business. It's a tough business, right? Like like it's tough to do um, unique and creative work because it's hard to sell it. It's hard. It's hard to get people to want to do something that's new. And so so when we do work that's that might be different or that might be I don't know what the word might be, um, risky, uh, for some clients. <clears throat> I believe that we have to be the ones that have the courage of our convictions to, to convince them that it's going to, it's going to work. And so we need a bit of that. Anything is possible mentality to, to just really believe that the stuff you're coming up with will actually happen and, and that it'll do the job you're asking it to do. So we do everything, we, everything from, from, you know, TV commercials to tradition, all traditional media, um, and now, of course, like everyone, we're getting into anything else, um, anything from ambient, you know, sort of stunts to events to digital and social media work. Um, you name it, we've 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 done it, tried it and are still trying to figure it all out. Well, Sean, so, it's, it's really neat because in your bio, <clears throat> of course, you push uh, that you guys have the why not attitude. Right. And yeah. the thing I like about that, and it, it might be an interesting conversation point is. In this world today, everybody's pushing niche, 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 and I get it, <clears throat> and I fully agree with it. Actually, I, th- I think there's a it's, it's great to understand your niche and dominate. However, entrepreneurs <clears throat> are uh, we, we're, we're opportunity seekers. We see doors opening, and what what I'm understanding from you, Sean, is the why not attitude is why not try to get into that space? Why not experiment? It's very playful, really. You know, it's, yeah, uh, it is. Uh, 
You, you know, the why not attitude thing, I, I remember very, when that sort of first clicked for me, I was with Paul LeBlanc, who's my business partner, uh, and he's actually the founder of the agency. Uh, him and I were talking, it was the early days of, of me working for him. And I walked in one morning and he said, you know, I got an idea. I think we're going we're gonna to open up a shop in New York. And I, I literally laughed out loud. And I was like, are you out of your mind? Like, and, and, and he just looked back at me and he said, well, why not? And, and I, I never thought of it that way. You know, I had been in the ad business uh, for a few years before before I met Paul and, and Paul had not been in it that long. So he had this lovely luxury of uh, and I've, I've told him this to his face, so I don't I'm not afraid to say it. He had this lovely luxury of ignorance. <laughs> I you love know? it. I love it. He, he didn't know what he was up against and he didn't care. Um, and I remember thinking, Jesus, I'm, I'm, uh, maybe I'm the jaded one here. You know, I've been in the ad, I was in the advertising business for a number of years. I was familiar with some of the so-called barriers. And, uh, when he said that to me, I just went, wow, like, yeah, why not? Like someone's got to do it. Someone's going to open up there and someone's going to be great. Why can't that be us? Um, so that's where that came from. I, I think the, I think the whole idea of mm-hmm. of diversifying or or being you know all things to all people as an agency, I'll, I'll, I'll describe it this way. We have been through numerous cycles of the agency. In fact, when we started twelve years ago, more than twelve years ago, we actually had a digital department and a uh, an, a digital department and a PR department. And they were specialized, you know. Um, the problem was that we we operated the business like separate businesses. So we were fighting over budgets and we were fighting over what the right thing to do was. Um, then you found that everybody wanted to split their business. They wanted to either have their traditional marketing with one agency and their, their PR stuff with another agency. Now we've found that actually everyone wants to come back. They want to house it in one place because it's just too complicated. And um, the niche thing is tricky, especially, you know, in Atlantic Canada, where the, the business world is, is not as big as, say, Ontario. And um, you've got to really, if you want to be a big player, you have to be able to help in a lot of ways. And so we're, uh, we're still working on that. I mean, it's never going to be stagnant. Yeah, well, I, I think that's, uh, <clears throat> that's so common for a lot of our businesses around here, isn't it, Dave? Like, even for what you do, Dave, in, in coaching, your, your clientele, you know exactly the type of uh, clients that you want. However, you're taking stuff all over the place because that's the market that we're working in. Well, and, and, yeah. you know, I, and I would take the other, the other approach is you have a, cr- a great client you're enjoying working with and they say, do you offer this service? And it's just outside of what you typically do. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm guessing, you know, at least I know what I, I do or we do say, well, let's look at that. So that's kind of the approach you're taking, Sean, is to say, you yeah. know, oh, we got a great client. Why wouldn't we offer this that maybe would be traditionally outside of what we typically offer, but it's, it's, um, but it's a great client. Why wouldn't we want to expand okay. the relationship? Yeah. A great example for that for us. And it's fresh because I actually had this happen like this morning, um, we'll have clients that will come to us, they'll do work. And, and then they'll say, you know, we want to do some packaging. And now we have great designers on staff. We've done really great packaging, but I don't think that that's how people would think of us. And so, you know, you hear that and you go, well, look, what we can help you with that. We can, oh, well, you guys aren't really packaging experts. Well, no, but we're design experts. And, and you know what I mean? And so you have to, you know, you sort of have to sell that 
ability to do that as well. Um, and, and, you know, like all entrepreneurs, I think it's hard to sort of let a potential opportunity go. So you have to, <laughs> you have to think about how to get in there. Well, listen, I, uh, I want to get back a little bit to you as a person. Uh, <clears throat> and it relates to why I can't talk right now. <laughs> I, 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 I think you and I, Sean, we don't know each other well, but I think we're, we're, we're kind of similar. Uh, yeah. I do know that you play music. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are you, you're a yeah. musician? Okay. I am as well. I just, I, I just started a band uh, two and a half months ago. We've got 12 songs written and we're playing uh, the Evolve Festival next week. Um, nice. So we have been in constant practice mode. Um, I've been surfing as much singer? as, uh, no, I'm a drummer. Oh, okay. And, uh, Which doesn't explain his voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I'm just, I'm, what I'm getting at is I'm trying to get out there and surf as much as I can. I'm trying to be the best dad and husband I can. I'm trying to grow Hemming's House into the international company I want it to be. I'm traveling yes. the world doing documentaries. Pushing ourselves to the limit as entrepreneurs is a very common, possibly dangerous thing, <laughs> but it's yeah, kind of yeah. part of our DNA. And yeah. the reason why I initially wanted to talk to you is how the heck did you find time to get into Amazing Race and bravo to even doing it. And I know you're not allowed talking too much about the details because the show is just about to start. But uh, I want to. So is the filming over? Is that what? Filming's over. Oh, OK. Yeah, it starts over. next week, right, Sean? Yeah, Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Wow. okay, and and uh, we're going to try to get this episode on as soon as possible to promote the to promote the premiere of the show. Uh, yeah, so t- first of all, tell us a little bit about you as a person. Like, is that are you kind of like like me in that respect, where opportunities for life enrichment are all over the place and for adventure, and you take it and growing a great company is just part of that portfolio of things that make you you. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I go back to that comment I, I made earlier about, you know, if, if I'm asked to take out the trash, you know, I'll, I'll do it and I'll try to do it really well. I think the thing for me is, at least the last few years anyway, is I've um, I've I've realized for me that balance, it's going to sound kind of ironic, but it'll make sense in a minute, that balance is absolutely important uh, to me. So I can't work all the time, but then it becomes a question of how you define work. So for me, things like Amazing Race, things like playing in a band, riding motorcycles, doing all those things, those things are those things are super fun things. And putting effort into those things is not work. Um, and, and to be honest with you now, even extreme, like it's 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 you got I mean, we all know this to be true. Nothing ever happens on our own. Like I have a great group of people around me. There's there's four partners here at Extreme. Um, you know, my wife's amazing. Um, I'm at a point in my life, you know, our son is older, he's 17. He's probably a year or two away from just graduated high school. So, so time has opened up in different ways. My role at the agency is a little less demanding on a day to day level than it used to be. So, so, you know, I guess I'm really lucky in the sense that I've been able to, I can choose to focus where I need to focus more than I could before. But so for me, it's like the band, I mean, let's be honest, I can't do all this stuff at once. So the band hasn't played since last November. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in and, seasons. And, and nobody knew why. That's the funny thing. The guy, I couldn't tell them. So, so the guys were like, where the hell are you? And I couldn't even get back to them because I was literally off the grid for a while. And I got home and told the guys and they were like, well, that explains everything. Oh, hilarious. Because <laughs> you couldn't tell anybody what you were doing. I couldn't tell anybody. So, so, you, so, so you just we, disappeared. Well, in, in their mind, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, 
I mean, I, I mean, work was different work. I told work now, again, keep in mind, I, you know, the business partners knew they had to know, um, they signed contracts as did I, the confidentiality agreements. Um, but we, you know, I told the agency that I just had to go away. I had to, I had to deal with something. I, I tried to make it sound like it wasn't anything serious, <laughs> um, which is a weird thing to do because there's very few circumstances that you'd be off the grid completely. Yeah, like everyone's like, oh, he's in rehab or whatever. Well, that came up. That came up. I actually, when I got back and finally started going through my emails, uh, Paul, my, my partner sent me a note and he's like, just want you to know the rumor mill's running rampant. Apparently you're at rehab. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's where, yeah. people, that's where people's brains go. It's, it's right? a different type of rehab. <laughs> yeah, well, it was kind of like rehab. I can I can talk more about that in a bit. But but um, yeah. So for me, I think it's you know I find these things to to sort of you know use my attention on. Um, let's just. I mean, there's always a certain amount of that by default that is taken up with the business and the work. Um, and then there's usually something else outside of that, whether it be the band or the show. I mean, you got to believe at this point, the show has been all consuming for probably six months now. Wow. Wow. Uh, so, so it's, 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 it's that much of an investment. It's a six month you know, block. Well, of time. I mean, we, we sent in an audition tape back in December. Um, and we found out that we were chosen. It was the last hockey game of the Olympics, I think. The last Canadian, the last Canadian hockey game um, of the Olympics. That's when we found out. And then you spend all your time preparing. Uh, and, and preparing was everything from, you know, what you're going to pack to finding out what you need to how do you organize your life and your business and your house and you know everything to be away so it's been it's it was it's been quite consuming so i know you can't give details but can you speak broadly about the overall experience sean like like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like what? Like, because for people that, well, maybe, maybe even just a quick explanation of, and I can't imagine people don't know what the 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 show is about, but you know, maybe just a quick explanation of what the show is, and then, and you know, how you get involved in your experience in it. Yeah, it's like a, it's basically a giant scavenger hunt. Um, uh, you know, you go from you you go from clue to clue, uh, which is what you use to get through the race, um, and you have to uh, do whatever the clue asks you to do before you get the next one. So sometimes that's, uh, you know, your clue will tell you to go to a location to get your next clue. Sometimes there's a roadblock and you have to pick a person on your team who's going to do it. And you have to, uh, you know, you have to finish that task before you get the next clue. Um, sometimes they're team oriented challenges and you have to you have to do them together to get the next clue. Um, and basically it's it's an elimination race. So if you finish last on any leg of the race, you're you're done. That's intense. So it's <laughs> super intense, man. And I, I, what, what about physical? Like, was it like, was it a real physical experience for you? It, it's physical, but I'll say this, like uh, somebody described it best. Uh, one of the other racers described it best. He said, it's about 80% mental, 90% or 10% physical and, and 10% luck. And um, I believe that to be true. The mental side of the game, even in the physical stuff is so critical. Like, you know, if you can't keep your, your, your act together, you're going to be in trouble. (laughs) And, and that's half the battle is just keeping your wits about you and, and trying to remain calm. I was, I didn't do a good job of that at all. And I thought I did. (laughs) Well, like, so you're human. That's good to hear. So what, what, what did you learn about yourself through the process? Well, I tell you, um, I came out of it going, holy crap, like, 
there were challenges that we went into and uh, there was one in particular for me and I, I, I can't really get into it, but, but I thought I'm not going to be able to do this. And, you know, 40 minutes later I was done. And so it became a bit of a metaphor for like everything. If I, and I did, I actually did this. I thought through this when I got home, when I took on that first job as an earth director, when I took on the first job as a creative director, I did not know what I was doing. And, and I, I would hedge my bets that I would say most people don't when they get into situations like that. And we spend the rest of the time figuring it out while pretending we know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know all about that. And, um, and this was no different. I, I mean, you know, you went into something without having a clue how to do it. Uh, you had a very limited amount of time, plus the pressure of not wanting to be last. And it was being filmed. Right. So this was a this was a level of pressure I've not felt before. This was adrenaline like I've never felt before. Um, And it was addictive. Like (laughs) when it ended, it was like I'm I'm not even joking. There was withdrawal. Like, wow. It's like like post-traumatic stress, probably, you know. Yeah, it's true. I'm telling you, we, we when we were done, it took me a while before I could even like get ready to integrate back into society because you're basically you're basically in a bubble um the whole time like and i mean off the grid every hotel we went to tvs uh, phones internet's taken out no reading material um you are disconnected what that's crazy yeah Yeah. and did they do that just for the mental game of it or just so there's absolutely no communication in and out I think it's, it, it might be a bit of both. I mean, <laughs> I think initially it's, you can't, you, you know, because if you have access to information, um, you know, it might help. But um, I think it's probably for the, the mental side. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's a big social experiment, right? It's, it's pretty interesting. And, and what about uh, personal reactions like with teammates and partners? And like, like uh, was there any like, uh, well, I, you probably can't even tell me that, but uh was it a strengthening experience or like, uh, was, was it more, uh, the opposite, you know, <laughs> like I can just well, imagine for me, <laughs> for me and Jen, like my wife, you know, we've been together a long time. We, we've been together almost 22 years. And, uh, you know, I, I first of all, there was two thoughts going into it. I thought, you know, I don't think there's much we haven't been through that. Like, in other words, I don't know that they could put us through much that we wouldn't survive. And then the second part was, I can't imagine the bond could get any stronger. Um, and I was, I was wrong to say the second part. It, it definitely got stronger. And, and, I, and I was right about the first part. Like, yeah, we argued and shit. Like, we argued on the surface. Uh, we bickered about stuff, but nothing below the surface. You know, it was all very visceral and just reactionary. I mean, there's a lovely thing that happens when you have common enemies. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and and even though we were fighting amongst each other, when when we settled down, it's like okay, we got a. I mean, we got a mission here. Like let's get back to it. You know, I'm I'm guessing. Well, I see. You know, it's funny. There's a theme here because we we interviewed a guy just uh, recently, um, Stephen Fisher, who wrote a book or just finished just finishing and is going to be publishing a book with his wife. And we were asking him about that. So, I mean, it's amazing to see these partnerships, right? These life partnerships, but also they take on new forms, right? And, yeah. and, and you can relate that to your business partners as well, because you've got three other partners, Sean, um, and like you're going into the trenches of business as well. And what, what an interesting perspective you now have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I definitely did a lot of thinking when it was done. You know, there was a whole lot of uh, 
what do you call it? Reflection, I guess, on on like what like what the hell did we just do? Um, how, how did all of our years of life, you know, together and or apart, uh, prepare us for that? And, and, you know, what do we take away from it? <clears throat> so, um, you know, we, we came out of there with a bit of a, you know, well, what could we do now? Kind of an attitude. Um, but you know, it's funny, it, it doesn't last though, you know, like, like it's, it's been a month, a month and a half and you get back to work and you get back into the day to day and, and you sort of start going, okay, right. This is what, this is what drags you into a routine. So, so how do we, how do we, you know, how, how, do, we parent, make, how do we make sure that doesn't happen? Right. How do well, we, yeah. Uh, what's that? Yeah. Good for you. Cause I think you're supposed to be in control of that. Um, but, but how, right. And it's up to you to do it. So it's. So I, just a, one quick last question on The Amazing Race. Like, you know, I'm just thinking of your description of how you take on jobs, right? Like you said, no yes. matter what the job is. So I'm just imagining. So And I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, man, what, that would be the worst person to be competing against in this race, right? <laughs> like, I'm just thinking of myself. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how are you going to, how, you know, this guy, you know. But you probably were up against all the competitors who would have a very similar approach to life. Yeah. Well, that's the thing you figure out pretty quick too, right? Is you get in there. So there's 11 teams. We're one of 11. Now who God knows how many people auditioned, but you know, when you get there that the people they picked have all got to have these, you know, um, exceptional qualities. It's why they're there. So, so for example, one team was, was two of the women from the gold medal uh, winning Canadian hockey team. Okay. So, okay. So we're racing against two Olympians. That's awesome. <laughs> Nobody told me that before we started. Uh, another team was, was two Canadian. Uh, this is all online. I mean, if you, if you went and looked, you, you'd find it, but another team was two Canadian world championship skiers. They're oh. twin brothers. <laughs> So you're like, okay, but I'll tell you a quick story uh, uh, about those two guys. Uh, they were pretty quiet, but but at one point during the race, we happened to be hanging around with them, and, and he said, he said, I've I've raced and won, you know, for 500 championship races in my career, and he goes, nothing compared to the intensity and stress of this. Oh, incredible, <laughs> incredible! I was like, so yeah. it's not just me. Okay, so perspective, eh? Yeah, really. It was in, there's no other way to describe it than intense. Like it's, and it's an intense experience the whole time you do it. So, so Sean, it, oh yeah, keep going. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say the, uh, the thing that I'm so excited about with this, it, it almost validates my lifestyle in a way. It's a, <laughs> because, you know, we, we take on so much out of a love for life, love, love for adventure and a, a love to, um, to grow and create things. And, some yeah. people are the school of thought that you're growing a business. That is what you're going to, going to stay focused on. But I, my <clears> perspective is you can't grow a great business unless your, your, your own personal soul uh, is, is being fed through it. You know, if, if you're a person like yourself or Dave or I yeah. through great adventures outside of work, but it all feeds into work. This is going to make yeah. you a significantly stronger uh, leader. Uh, in, in your company and and and, and in the community, it's uh, so. It, it, can you maybe get a little philosophical on us uh, for a second and yeah. explain? It's not you know everybody listening to our podcast is not going to have a chance to go on the amazing race. But what's, yeah. what, what what can you encourage people to do in their lives that is actually going to completely support their professional development? 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I have a, I have been using uh, an executive coach as well for a while. And, um, and, uh, I remember one day feeling particularly, it wasn't just one day. It had been building up to me for a while. I was feeling really guilty, um, about the things that I wasn't doing in the office. So the, this particular point that I brought up was I, I, I was going to the gym. We have a gym here at the office in Halifax and, and, um, I stopped going. And I stopped going because I was feeling guilty about being in there when people were working. And I stopped going because people used to come in there and ask to talk to me about work stuff while I was in the gym, which to me was, was nuts. And I said, I feel guilty about being in the gym. So I stopped. And, and she, she asked me a great, great question. She said, what does the business need from you most? Like from me most. And my answer was clarity. My answer was, I need to be clear on what we're doing and how we're going to go do it. And, um, and she said, well, how do you get clarity? And I was like, well, I'll go to the gym. She said, don't ever feel guilty about going to the gym. And it wasn't, it wasn't the gym, you know, that was a metaphor, but I mean, it was the gym, but it became a metaphor for my, my whole headspace. Like that helped me actually figure out that for years I've been riddled with this, you know, this guilt, I've got to be busy. I've got to be seen as being productive. And by the way, productive and being busy, I think are very different things. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and in that conversation, I, I, it changed that for me. I, I went to, no, you know what? I need to be, I need to be fed. I need to be fueled and I need to be balanced. I, like if I'm cranky, I don't do anybody any good in here. Like nobody. <laughs> and, and, and they know it, right? Like, like I'm no good to people if I'm in here in a, in a crappy headspace and I'm, and I'm not, I don't have clarity. And so now um, you know, I guess I've given myself the permission to, to get that space because that's what works for me. So I go on vacation when I need to. And typically I come back after vacation with some sort of epiphany, you know, some sort of thing we're going to go work on. Um, I, I don't balk at the chance to do things like go on the amazing race because life experience, particularly in marketing, um, breeds better solutions. And I mean, we have a thing here actually at the office. Uh, we call it an extreme, extreme day. We give everyone this, this coupon. And the idea is that once a year you can take this coupon and you can go do something. It's not a vacation day. It's not a sick day. It's not a day off. You can go and do something. So if you wanted to go skydiving, uh, go do it. And then you come back and you tell us about it. You know, tell us in an email or, or show us pictures on a lunch and learn or something, but use it to inspire everybody else because um, it's not just all about sitting in an office and, and typing keys, you know. That is awesome. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. <laughs> well, I, I'm, and I'm just I just want a little plug for your coach. I mean, that's a yeah. really good question to help you get the clarity you needed on that issue. And I just love hearing about good coaching. Well, I, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I, I've just internalized it myself. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and essentially, that's, again, a great outcome of this podcast is, <clears throat> Sean, if you and I were, were sitting having a beer right now, we'd have this exact same conversation without a microphone yeah, awesome. rolling. And to allow people to hear these conversations because that's a great nugget because yeah, you know was, we yeah. all struggle with it because we we all yeah. have teams everybody who owns a company with a team uh we have this expectation that we need to be always busy always on always yeah. always seeing clients yeah. always trying to build um my uh you know i'm blessed with a great team as well and those guys come to me and they say greg stop being here get out and be the visionary yeah. you need to be and you know 
that is the message that we need to internalize as as business owners is if we're going to grow something great and, and make a good change in the world, we need to feed ourselves. Absolutely. You know? But it's a bit counter. So, so it's so great to hear when people are doing it because unfortunately it's a bit counterintuitive, right? And uh, yeah. And like like on on the on the front of our webpage, we do this little video, thanks to Hemming's House. We talk about the leadership ride. And, you know, we use the airplane ride as a metaphor and we use describing, you know, all these ups and downs in airplane ride. But the one, if God forbid the, the oxygen mass pop out, you know, what do you do? And as a leader, you, you kind of think, well, I got to put the oxygen mass on everyone else. But they say, well, no, no, put it on yourself first and then support others that need your help. In other words, yeah. we need the oxygen, right? And sometimes yeah. it's the process of giving yourself permission, like you described, Sean, or or working with someone that can support you, like a coach or mentor or whoever, um, or a great team like you have, Greg. But that's great to hear, man. That's such a powerful message, I think, that I, you know, yeah. I, I need to remind myself of, you know what I mean? As a, as a, no, I, I, I still do too. Like, I mean, I mean, you know, especially like imagine how I felt when I came back from this, this experience, I was gone for almost six weeks. I've never been gone from work and, a fit and off the grid for six weeks in my entire life. So I came back and I felt the need to be productive. I felt the need to come back and contribute. And um, I couldn't do it right away. And, and it was a really weird feeling. And, and because I couldn't do it right away, I was actually feeling even worse. Um, and it was like, what am I doing here? Like, you know? And uh, Paul and I sat down one day and he goes, well, what the hell did you expect? First of all, you're out of the loop. You've, you know, you've, you've gone away. The business has been able to run on a day-to-day basis. That, <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> That's, by the way, what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make sure that that can happen. Um, and then, he, you know, he said to me, he goes, look, you've had this thing happen to you. Ride this wave out. It's not a permanent thing. We all know that. Um, hopefully it's good for us, you know, in the future. And it's good for you in the future. So ride it out. We know what's going on. Just be okay with it. And I was like, oh, God damn, I needed to hear that. <laughs> like, what a great partner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's been really, really good. Everyone's been super good. Well, Sean, thanks so much for sharing this, man. Uh, incredibly uh, inspiring to, to, for you to share your experiences with us. How, um, what, what's some details on the show? Uh, how do people stay in touch and your own contacts? Like, do you have blogs, uh, Twitter, all that sort of thing so people can stay in touch with you? Yeah, we have uh, my blog is just or my uh, Twitter handle is at Extreme Kinger. Um, and we, Jen and I have a, f- a Facebook fan page. It's just Jen and Sean King on Facebook. Um, and then the show, the show starts Tuesday, July 8th. It airs at 10 PM, I believe, uh, Atlantic time and runs every Tuesday until the end, which is sometime in September, I think. Fantastic. And, and they'll, they'll also have, uh, uh, online streams of the show after broadcast too, I believe. Yeah, there's online streams. There's all kinds of stuff that happens throughout the summer. So every time, um, uh, every time a team is eliminated, they're on. Uh, they're all interviewed the next day. You know, Canada AM, um, eTalk Daily does a bunch of stuff. Uh, there is going to be a live show halfway through the season with teams that are out at that point, and then there's a live show at the end of the season. Well, so there's lots of stuff all summer. Hopefully, we won't see you until September on live TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't say. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, yeah, I know you can't. But, uh, but, um, hey, big thanks for you know what I really appreciate is just how uh, man, how real you're, like how authentic you are, and and uh, just the nuggets of wisdom, and this is great. And I, I will, I will watch this very closely, um, cheering you guys on the whole way. And hey, one last little uh, uh, little tidbit about Sean <clears throat> on his bio. Or somewhere on on LinkedIn, maybe. Uh, 
uh, there's a quote saying that, um, but what, how did you say it again, Sean? It was about common sense. It, it's not very uh, common because uh, Sean took it all. Yeah, I didn't say that, <laughs> but somebody said it. <laughs> we did our research on you, but you know yeah. what? H- having no common sense is, is the way that we thrive and it's the way we inspire and the way we grow. So keep it up, man. Thanks for being an inspiration. Thank you, guys. It was fun. Okay, Sean. Thanks, take Sean. care. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. We keep nailing these great guests, man. Oh, my God. What a great guy, eh? Yeah, yeah. Completely authentic. You said it. You said it right. And uh, to be able to share that experience before the show even started. And, of of course, we've got contractual obligations not to talk about the show. But But uh, even just to be able to share the experience or, or like, you know, like without sharing kind of examples. And you could see how careful he's being. Yeah. So I I think my takeaway, Dave, was just the... uh, the permission to, to find balance and balance doesn't mean laying on a beach. It might, that might be part of your off time, but <clears throat> balance is being outside of your regular, um, you know, nine to five expectation and whether it's playing in a band or surfing or, uh, you know, writing poetry or whatever it is, it's almost a requirement to grow great business for leaders, for entrepreneurs, for owners to, sure. to feed themselves for that. And I, I'm digging that. And that's why, that's why I really wanted to hear his perspective. Cause I know he lives that way. Yeah. And I know that we live that way as well, but it's nice to be validated to yeah. hear other people yeah. doing it. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, and, and I mean, I almost think, I mean, I read this uh, a while back, but I've, it's almost like an integrated life, right? Versus a balanced life. So how do we integrate all the things that gives us oxygen, right? All those things that are fabulous into this one life we live. And part of that is the work we do and 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 what fuels that creativity. And, and in our, both of our cases, actually, I was just going to say you, but, you know, it might be the surfing that you do and playing in a band. And for me, it's, you know, I love exercise and I love, you know, and we both love hanging out with our families and travel. We both have a love of and, you know, all these. I mean, I love playing hockey. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I've realized these things give me and, and I, I can't, uh, you know, and, and at one point in my life, I would have tried to I try to knock out a bunch of things or even I, I have a yearly trip with my a bunch of buddies, the Yukon boys. They we all grew up together we're scattered across uh the planet actually and we we make a point of of going somewhere together but it's trying to integrate all that back into your life and and you're right that is an inspiration it's a reminder to do more of that and i mean i I like to say i do a lot better job but but um you know i could do a much better job than than i have so well i'm gonna throw something back to you um for for the audience who doesn't know uh, dave uh, dave is also my executive coach and uh, a few months ago uh you helped me redefine uh my my business vision and mission and uh which ended up being a happy and kind world fueled by passionate storytelling there's a whole bunch of reasons why we got there Hmm. the aha moment for me during that process is when you said i I think i said um uh i really want to have my business vision statement be in alignment with my personal one Uh, you encouraged me to say Forget about the business one. Let's just identify what your personal vision is. And there's a very good chance your business vision statement is going to be the same, right? So when I started thinking of it that way, I ended up putting my business in my portfolio of who Greg Hemmings is as an identity as one part of it. Because so many of us become identified as what they do as a career, right? So if my purpose on, on, on the planet is to find a little bit more peace and make the make the planet a little bit more happy. Um, uh, then there's a multitude of things I need to do to do that. And 
possibly hanging out on the beach and surfing and is, is one of them. Making music for other people to consume and enjoy is, an, is another one. Writing blogs, writing poetry, uh, doing podcasts, you know, and running a business. It's all part of it. But, and that was a big aha moment for me between the two of us. Right. Previous to that, that's only two months ago, three months ago, my identity was I'm an entrepreneur and a filmmaker. That's it. But once I came above myself and said, you know, that, uh, you know, running a business is one very important silo, but all these other silos have to be fed. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to be off balance right. and you're not going to be effective. So kudos to you for pulling that out. Wow. Wow. Well, I'll take that. No, that's, and, and you know what, it's guys like Sean that, 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 uh, are great reminders of that. So, um, and I'll tell you, I am going to watch, yeah, this, this will be fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be cool. a sense of one of the, one of the teams. Yeah. hundred percent. So are you ready to drop this one no, up? I'm, you do the you're rap. Not, you're, you're not going to you, do it. No, you're, you do it way better than I do. <laughs> oh, than I could ever. I mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I, I, for some reason, I just love how you do it. Well, not for some reason, for some reason, I, I'm feeling like I will not do it adequately. Uh, you do it great. No, listen, if, if, if you remember Michael Logier. Uh, so a exactly, few episodes back, he would not approve of uh, of your negative attitude. Uh, Dave. I'm gonna, I will. I promise I'll do the next one. <laughs> okay, no problem. So, uh, everybody, thank you for uh, tuning in to the Boiling Point podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. Uh, you're going to hear all this in a second anyway with our awesome extra that Matt Weber, our producer, recorded. Um, important thing to note is uh, it's really cool if you subscribe to us. Uh, whether it's through Stitcher or iTunes, get in there, subscribe. Uh, we're going to be releasing these episodes every Monday at the same time. Uh, Mike Brooks, thank you for uh, reminding us uh, <laughs> of that. Uh, and rate us. You know, the more ratings, the better. And share. Please, please share. The reason we're doing this is we want to share the conversations that we have uh, with everybody because we get so inspired and, uh, and stoked about the, uh, the conversations that we have with the people we know, Dave, you and I. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so it's all, it's all about the big share. So thank you. Uh, thanks. Dave uh, for stepping into the hot beautiful way to end beautiful way to end that was great see you in episode 11 yes looking forward to it yeah thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod to see more from Dave Vale check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind what she said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.